0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the fifth episode of uh, Leading Mindset with Ali Payani. I'm here today with Julian Gonzalez. How are you, Julian? Good, Ali. How are you? I'm good. Uh, Can you tell us more about yourself? I mean, can you introduce yourself? Yeah.
1: um, So I'm by trade, or for the last part of better part of the last decade, um, I've been in the fitness world. Yeah. Um, so I started in coaching uh, group fitness classes and this all came as a result of just my own personal journey mm-hmm. of uh, wanting to understand my body and, and have control of that. Um, and from there, it, it, I went into working with uh, individual clients. Mm-hmm. So I, I currently have clients that I, I program for, I work with rem- in a, remotely online. yeah uh- um, designing fitness and lifestyle prescriptions yeah. based on their individual goals and and um, aspirations as a as an individual, um, and then from there, I, that, that that was a whole journey in and of itself, and that that took me through a a series of events to end up in the investing world yeah
0: um because they see you're already one of the cryptocurrencies investors yeah and now you're associated at Stealth venture capital yeah right
1: yeah so yeah it was kind of a one of those stories where there's there's a lot of pieces to it but essentially Mm -hmm. um life took me in a certain direction that that uh i ended up Investing in cryptocurrency into mm-hmm. in, in mid 2016 and um, That then afforded me a, uh, a whole other Sort of opportunity mm-hmm. that led me to now working with a, a VC fund and we're not it so the VC fund is in stealth So we haven't we're not
0: mm-hmm. publicly releasing the name or any mm-hmm. information on oh, it yet, okay. but yeah Great and you have many um, Fitness certificates, right? Yeah. CrossFit coach and then, would you, t- tell me more about, like, uh, the, how you became an investor. An investor? What, yeah, what happened in 2016. Yeah, so... Because you were a personal trainer, right? Yeah, so and I was,
1: so I was a, um, so I was a CrossFit athlete, so uh-huh. to speak. Um, I was, a, I coached CrossFit and I dedicated my life for a number of years to training in the sport of fitness. mm mm-hmm. um, and through that, I I ended up moving to Arizona to uh, work with a specific coach, and I I got a job coaching at a gym, mm-hmm. um, helping start up their uh, individualized programming yeah. for for clients. Um, and it was one of those things where I moved to Arizona. Uh, it was my first. I grew up in in Los Angeles, and it was my first time mm-hmm. moving out of California and um, I moved to Arizona and, and was, you know, training and, and being, you know, doing the, the athlete thing. And one of my, one of my good friends um, had been investing in, in cryptocurrency since for the three, four years prior to that. Mm. And uh, it was one of those things where I'd, I'd heard about, I remember I, I heard an interview uh, with the, the Winklevoss twins mm-hmm. a couple of years prior about Bitcoin. And the first time I, I'd heard of Bitcoin, and then this was the first time... This was like 2014, I heard this interview, and I and mm. they were talking about what Bitcoin was. And uh, it made sense to me. Mm. Like, at that time, I was using digital payment, like Apple Pay on my phone. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, this makes perfect sense. Like, everything else in the world is being digitized and going yeah. online. Why not the currency? I don't understand why money wouldn't follow... Um, and I remember hearing that interview when I, that was back when I still lived in Los Angeles, and I didn't uh, it was something that resonated with me, and I didn't mm. understand how to take the next step in it. And I was concerned I was concerned with other things, I had other priorities, and it just wasn't something I seeked out. Mm. Um, so fast forward to when I was living in Arizona, I'd been living there about a month, mm. and uh, a friend of mine came out to visit my roommate, and um, you know, Told me he was investing and in, he bought some Bitcoin and was investing in this thing called Ethereum, mm. and uh, Monero. Yeah, and uh, it took me about twenty minutes listening to him to go like, "Oh, this is the thing I've been waiting about two years to figure <laughs> out how to how to fig- how to do it." Yeah. Um, and so within that next month, so it was like August 2016. I um, I bought my first bitcoins. I never actually really held bitcoin, but I bought bitcoin so I could buy Ethereum and buy um, mm. a number of other currencies. How much was the bitcoin that time? <sighs> when I was I was buying bitcoin at five hundred dollars. Um, I didn't like I said I never held bitcoin really, mm. but I was buying it to buy other currencies. So yeah. I, bitcoin was about five hundred dollars at that time. Um, Is it now eight thousand? it's yeah it's somewhere between seven and eight thousand right now it's it's yeah fluctuating um ethereum which is what i invested in was eleven dollars and fifty cents monero was four four dollars and fifty cents when i was buying it um all those are current like monero i don't know where it's at right now but ethereum obviously is Mm. upward you know pushing three hundred dollars currently and has shown a lot higher in the last year so
0: and you're continuing now again investing in Only cryptocurrency or do you like invest in other no
1: so I have I've actually um, in the last year just because of the the crypto winter and and whatnot I've uh, I don't hold as much cryptocurrency as I did Hmm. Um, I have some um, but no I so I've so that was part of the I guess part of the the story that continued on from there so I in 2016 I, I started buying cryptocurrency and trading that and Um, within 2016 was a 2016, 2017 was a really good year to be buying crypto. And so it was early 2017. Um, the, the market had, had done pretty well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, all of a sudden I, I had a, you know, a lot more freedom, so Mm -hmm. to speak, um, as a result of that. And it coincidentally played out with, um, or coincided with me coming to the realization that I was at the end of my competitive career. Mm. And I say that, um, like if you know anything about CrossFit, I'm about, I'm six, I'm six foot six. Mm. So I'm about a foot too tall to be a competitive CrossFit athlete. And that's something I was aware of, mm-hmm. um, but I continued to pursue that, uh, that, that fitness journey mm-hmm. as a competitive athlete because I recognized the value um, that it had for me in my mental and physical development. Right. I I gave myself a a goal that was I never fully attained, Mm -hmm. but I'm okay with that. I have no regrets of it because of the development and the growth that I got as a result of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that journey was I'd gone through my last competitive season as an athlete and and I was sort of over it. My body was pretty beat up and mentally I, I felt I didn't have it in me anymore to continue going into the gym and training five hours a day and oh, doing yeah. that. It, it when you do that it, your entire life revolves around it. And yeah. I was, there were a lot of other things that I was letting go by the wayside mm-hmm. to, to pursue that. So it just so coincided that, you know, crypto, the crypto markets were booming and, and I was having this change of direction and, and kind of questioning what it was I wanted mm-hmm. for the next step of my life. Um, and it was at that time that I decided to move to Southeast Asia. Mm. So ever since, after I, investing
0: in yeah. cryptocurrency, you moved to
1: yeah. So I so I started right. So I was investing in crypto um, August 2016. Mm-hmm. That was when I started doing it. So by 2017, it had it had you know multiplied a fair amount of times, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Yeah. So I I decided to move to Bali in Indonesia, which was something ever since I was a teenager, I'd always had this sort of pipe dream of moving to Thailand or moving. I saw the movie The Beach with Leonardo DiCaprio when I was 14. And, uh, you know, the guy from America who picks up one day and leaves, moves yeah. to Thailand and has a crazy adventure. And I had always, that was something that always stuck in the back of my head. And I didn't, it was one of those impossibilities. It was one of those things that I kind of went, how am I, how am I actually, like, this is something yeah. that on some level I want to experience. I don't know how I I'm know. going to experience that. And then suddenly one day I had enough freedom and mm-hmm. money to be yeah, able to I'm do
0: thinking. that. I'm thinking the same way. I'm, because I've been in, uh, in Bali. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So, like, one day I'm thinking, like, to move to... When I have that freedom, I mean, yeah. like, now it's super busy. But one day maybe to move to Bali or Japan or, you know, to hmm. live, like, in South Asia or somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Bali was really, really amazing. I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah. When were you there? When? When, yeah. 2000... Um, I would say 12. Okay. I guess. Yeah, I've been yeah. there for a month that's good Seminyak yeah right yeah, yeah. I Seminyak. was in Canggu which is just yeah. next to that I've been like two three weeks at uh, Seminyak and then one week at uh, Kuta okay yeah very cool it was great
1: yeah it's become a lot more it's a lot more grown over now and or populated and yeah. busier now yeah I would assume
0: but a lot of the people also move there from Australia yeah just to put clothes and then surfing I remember that And and it's easier for them to drink too. Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: Australians love drinking in Bali. Oh, yeah, so yeah, 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 it's yeah. A much it's much less regulated there okay. so. Um, so you stayed there in Bali for Yeah, so Yeah, it was it was a chain of events so I uh I don't know how familiar you are with I went to Burning Man for the first time in 2017 and that's mm-hmm. a that's a that can be a, a very confronting eye-opening experience for people who attend it Mm. Um, and I had been going deeper into my moving past the the fitness journey so to speak uh, moving more into my spiritual journey so doing I was doing a lot of yoga and meditating and didn't have a lot of direction in mm-hmm. that realm, but it was something that I knew I cared about and that I, I wanted I'd sort of reached my my plateau of, of fitness and my physical reaching my physical capacity and mm-hmm. having an understanding of that and my next journey was sort of going inward. Yeah. And working on my, my mind and my um mental and spiritual state. And yeah, so I, I went to Burning Man in two thousand seventeen and then uh, in January beginning of January 2018 I went to Bali. Mm. Um I traveled through Southeast Asia for a couple of weeks and then we I uh, was with my girlfriend and we went to uh got to Bali and then I was I was in Bali for 3 months. Mm-hmm. Following that and um yeah so it was in, that was that, that was another interesting turn of events because I made the decision to move to Bali and had all this this change and eye-opening experience and, mm-hmm. and whatnot and as soon as I got to Bali and all of that was as a result of, of cryptocurrency yeah. this, this new you know, thing that I was doing and, and this freedom that I was gaining from that and then I got to Bali and that's right when the market peaked oh. so everything started going down and, uh, so I, and it was an interesting thing cause I got to Bali and I, I was, you know, I was able to just live and I didn't, I, I had sufficient, you know, funds and whatnot to be able to just live there. And I didn't have to worry about working mm-hmm. for the, the couple of months that I was there. So it was a very interesting time of being there and, and watching the crypto market start to go down and at the same time being in this super calm Zend yeah. out state and yeah. not necessarily wanting to mm-hmm. dealing with money can be stressful. And yeah. I didn't want yeah. necessarily <laughs> yeah. to necessarily have that stress. So it was it was an interesting relation in that. Um but so as the the crypto market so I was in Bali and, and actually it's this and this was sort of like where the next step of my my journey initiated. So when I was on my, before getting to Bali, I was in Vietnam Mm -hmm. and I had, I was with my girlfriend and I had a a bit of a existential moment one night Mm -hmm. where I realized that I was leaving America. I was leaving home with everything safe, everything like the the job i'd had the business the people i was working with everything i was i was leaving all of that to move to a part of the world that i'd never been to before Mm -hmm. and and i was kind of like what what am i doing like i why am i doing this Mm -hmm. am i what is the why am i doing this what is the next step for me what what am i meant to do Mm -hmm. as as many of us come to yeah points of asking ourselves and uh, my girlfriend said something really interesting to me. She, was, she said, well, you, you obviously, you care about people, right? With my, with my coaching, um, I, I focus a lot on uh, with my clients working, making sure that their, their goals that they're telling me in the gym align with their goals outside of the gym, yeah. with their lifestyle. Right there's a lot of lifestyle components that go to that, and I and I care, and because of that, I care about the people that I'm working with, mm-hmm. whether I'm actually working with them or not. I just I care about people in my, yeah, yeah, in my life yeah, in general. That's great and then as and then she was also like, will you obviously enjoy investing? You're good at that, or you're you're learning that, and and you want to continue doing that. So why don't you find something in the middle? Mm. And I kind of had that to idea. To also
0: invest and also help Investing others.
1: and helping people. How do, yeah. how do I put that together? Because mm. that's two things that I was having some success with and, and wanted to move forward. Mm-hmm. So I kind of I sat with that. And then uh, a week, week or two later, we got to Bali. And the first night, very first night I went out, I got to Bali. I go out to dinner. My, my best friend had also moved to Bali and was he'd been there a number of months before me so he was he was doing a yoga teacher training mm-hmm. he was becoming a yoga teacher so the first night i'm in bali we go out to dinner he invites us out with a whole bunch of people that he some people that he's in his in his training with one of the guys in his training i, I end up sitting right across from at mm-hmm. dinner is a. Uh, individual who is coming from the from the silicon valley world he was and he's, this is so now it turns out to be my now business partner oh um, who was on sabbatical from his from his last startup out of the bay area mm-hmm. and the first conversation we had was about um, coaching entrepreneurs mhm We're throwing ideas around of of how to work with, uh, provide a coaching infrastructure for high net worth, high performing individuals in the tech and startup world.
0: He was moved to Bali too?
1: He was in Bali on sabbatical from his last company doing the yoga teacher training that my friend was doing. So the first night I'm in Bali asking myself, why am I here? And I suddenly sit down from the, I sit down across the table from someone who I'm now working with. Um, and so from there, that conversation was very organic and it was, you know, it it was a friendly conversation. Mm -hmm. And and as I spent time in Bali, we, you know, I I met a lot of interesting people and and got more in touch with, um, all of the things that I was there to do Mm -hmm. and there to discover about myself. And as a result of that, the conversation started with my partner, David Langer. Mm -hmm. Um, about coaching entrepreneurs and investing, and doing so in a in a conscious manner, doing something to help the planet. Mm-hmm. In Bali, everyone is having a conscious conversation about yeah. how That's do we true. reduce plastic waste and help you know fix the oceans and save our planet mm-hmm. and, and do something good. And uh, so from there, we, we we started this conversation, and so he kind of took me under his wing mm-hmm. and. Um, we started doing angel investments together and that was so this also coincided with as the crypto market was starting to go back down i was pulling money out i was selling crypto and reinvesting it into startups Mm -hmm. um in the you know in the tech world um so there i I started to get my feet wet with the idea of angel investing Mm -hmm. Um yeah and, and investing in in startups and and sort of beginning to build my portfolio outside of cryptocurrency mm-hmm. um, and yeah and then so from there it was it was then I um, David decided to start this uh, VC fund mm-hmm. that I'm that he's we're now fundraising for and uh, yeah and that's kind of been the the journey that that's landed me where i'm at currently yeah. so what i
0: noticed is like every time that you say you had, like you move to arizona or Bali, while and you start like talking to someone new or even your best friends yeah, it's like being it's, we had the same conversation uh, i think it was in the third episode or fourth episode of the this podcast with uh sam bagar is mm. the ceo of the millennium campus network is a mm-hmm. nonprofit helping undergrads so the way that I met him was was sitting at the Earth Cafe at Melrose and he was just passing by and said, like, um, can you sit here? Because it was like the empty chair. So like, yeah, sure. He sat down and then like we started like, talking and then like immediately I found out like, yeah, he's an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. So he came to the podcast and we became a friend. So something that we had discussed is that people should like being open to like talk to each other you know and then when even if you some meet someone new we can like talk and then this is the same thing that even if you were maybe not visiting your friend for the at the uh, first day that you've been in bali yeah or even not talking to the to david you yeah. know so what do you think of like people that you see or do you want to say like um that should be open to discuss or like start a convers- conversation you know with someone even that i mean they don't know so this is it yeah um do you agree here that, I mean like yeah effects I mean like if, so if you were not open to discuss or start a conversation with people you know maybe you were not like even moving to Arizona or like even meeting your friend talking about the cryptocurrency because we have a lot of people that we tell like hey this is the thing that you can do to improve or change you know so maybe they're not listen, or they are not want to continue the conversation, or maybe they, so that maybe they miss the opportunities. Yeah. So something that I see is like your in terms of the mindset that you have is like your maybe it comes from the way that you want to help others. You also want to listen to what the others are saying, right? So
1: in today's world, yeah, where
0: at least here
1: in Los Angeles and most populated areas that I go <laughs> to, it would appear that the majority, like a lot of people, myself included, mm-hmm. um, we spend a lot of time looking at our phones. Yeah, We spend a lot of time concerned with social media, with email, text message, mm-hmm. and all of these are tools that we use to better ourselves in some capacity, and that's fine. But at a certain point, I see that, it, it's becoming this is a conversation that's going on everywhere is that it's becoming detrimental people aren't connecting with one another in person anymore mm-hmm. so it's a it's almost a novel concept mm-hmm. to walk into a coffee shop and yeah. not be on your phone and To smile at a stranger. Yeah, and start up a conversation and this has happened even more since coming since coming back from southeast asia but it was something that i was working on you know in varying degrees
0: you've noticed
1: more when you came back so i'm more aware of it yeah i i am not i am i try to be as aware of how much time i spend i try to be more aware of how much time i'm on my phone yeah in general and not just that how I'm able to engage with other people and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying this because all of these all of these opportunities or these next steps in my life none of these are linear it, it wasn't like oh I'm gonna move to Arizona so I can become a cryptocurrency investor <laughs> right like I was moving right. to Arizona for a completely different with a completely different intention mm-hmm. because I I believe I was able to and kept an open mind to having a conversation it led my life in a different direction Mm -hmm. right and then from that moving to bali and once again keeping an open mind of well let's see where like i moved there going let's see where where life takes me and when an opportunity presented itself i was able to see it Mm -hmm. because i was present to it yeah is this kind of is this answering where you yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I, I think I am it's a little bit of a broad idea I'm trying to yeah. consolidate. But I think the thing what the question you're asking me resonates with me that there's a lot of people that I hear mm-hmm. sometimes that life is against them, they don't have any luck, there's no opportunity. Yeah. It's hard to find luck and opportunity when you're not able to engage with the people around you. Exactly. Luck and opportunity aren't going to show, aren't going to come to you on Instagram.
0: I know. Or
1: on Facebook or whatever. Uh, But
0: I would say people are more busy with Instagram or Facebook or their phone, that they missed the opportunity. Right. And that was
1: something that I began to realize more and more as I, because I I was all into posting fitness videos on my Instagram Mm. and and do, I was all about Instagram. I, I loved using it, right? And then at a certain point, I realized that it was I was feeling empty mm-hmm. and that the more that I was off my phone mm-hmm. and able to be present in conversations with people that I met, mm-hmm. more and more opportunities yeah. opened up around me. Because at the very core of it, all human beings want is to connect with one another. Yeah. That's why we're so addicted to our phones. Yeah. That's why we're addicted to technology, because yeah. we're suddenly able to communicate and connect yeah. with everyone everywhere.
0: That's what Facebook's supposed to
1: do, like. Right. But it's almost doing the opposite yeah. now. And people yeah. people are trying to figure out we all are. Why am I unhappy? Why am I unfulfilled? It's like, well, there's you're in a coffee shop on your phone and there's twenty people around you that you could be interacting yeah. with in real time. Right. It, with,
0: but you're checking yeah. your Instagram. Right. Is this
1: is this is the idea here? Yeah, again I hope it's coming across. It's kind of a there's a lot of pieces to it. But I guess my point is 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 um keeping keeping an open mind to all opportunities, all situations in life. Yeah. And being able to truly connect and, and hear listen to other mm-hmm. people I think a lot of the time we're talking yeah and it's something I notice in myself as well where you're talking to someone and you're you, they say something and you're already thinking of your how you relate to what they're talking about yeah. rather than truly sitting and hearing what they're saying mm-hmm. and when you can make someone feel heard that only opens up that's when you allow that person to open up yeah and and show you their their what they have, what their potential is, what their opportunity is, and when mm-hmm. everyone's doing that, everyone that's where magic happens. That's where opportunity. That's where yeah. luck comes from. I think. I agree. Yeah. Yeah.
0: This is something again. I mean, like a lot of people when they're complaining, as you said, I mean about the yeah, I don't have a like. I mean, I don't see any opportunities. And some once I was, I remember a friend of mine was like complaining about like not having a like. I know there's no opportunity even in the U.S. I mean. Mm-hmm. So i told him like five six opportunities that he missed and he was like oh really hmm. you know so i think i would say there was a study on um, the uh, impact of the social media on your brain hmm. not only that you miss the opportunities or miss like talking to others you know uh, but the people who are addicted to the social media or like on their phone, you know, the people that you see on coffee shop, you know, just like a, an hour. I see people, I mean, like when I'm at the dinner or somewhere that they're just going through their Instagram for like hours, you know, yeah. maybe two hours or so. Yeah. So it, there was a study um, and it was also the TED talk about this, that even the brain gonna lose the ability to learn and also being like more uh, helpful to others. So the brain is like getting smaller, kind yeah. of, and then losing these abilities. Yeah. So this is maybe why when I talk to like um, phone addicts, you know, like these social media addicts, like they are addicted for like five, six, seven years, and when I telling them like stop it, this is not a good idea. I mean, like you can do this, you can do that. You have this ability. You can do learn more. You can start maybe a new business. You know. Sometimes they, I feel that they don't even understand what I'm saying or they're not listening exactly because they tend to more see things through the phone. Yeah. So even though um, there was another friend of mine who told me that if you say something to the mobile addicts but also text them, they will observe more when you're texting them. Hmm. So they kind of like losing the ability to listen and observe and understand and react. Yeah. So it's like more text, maybe, you know?
1: And it it's um it's uh it's funny because that is becoming the standard. Yeah right? People are I I'm not and I'm not saying across the board, there for every, you know, for every extreme there's a there's an opposite. So I think there's people that are becoming more aware of it as a result. But it's um given that at least in in highly populated civilized areas people are spending more and more time Mm. disconnected digitally connected and increasingly more you know physically disconnected from one Mm -hmm. another it's almost like like i like to call it like hacking the matrix yeah, which is, can get like kind of out there. But it's literally like everyone's living in this like digital world of like concerned with what people think of them on Facebook yeah. or Instagram or whatever. And I walk into a restaurant everywhere I go. Yeah. I look people in the eye. I try and smile. That's partially because I know how intimidating I look for them. Six, six <laughs> and have a massive beard. And, you know, I'm, I, I'm me. So but besides that. I I make a concerted effort to connect mm-hmm. with the janitor, the person serving me my food, yeah. the person the customer service person on the phone, my friends when I hang out with them, I'm not on my phone. Mhm. Unless I have to send something. Yeah. But I don't pick up my phone when yeah. I when I have a mindless moment, I just sit with it. I don't yeah. pick my phone up to fill it. And because of that, opportunities everywhere for me. Yeah right and when the majority like people are trying to figure out how to how to get ahead how to how to make connections how to network how to do these things it's like just open your eyes get off your phone (laughs) and like there's people all around like everyone wants to connect so if you're able to be present enough to look someone in the eye share some love with them and hear them as a human being you're already a level above the majority of people yeah right and i'm not saying that like it I'm not saying that to, like, put people in a, like, the majority of people are just sheep in a, you know, pen on their phone. Like, we're all, this is a dynamic human experience that all people are having. Mm-hmm. And people who are on their phones all the time, we need to work to be more conscious and come yeah. out of that I think if you were
0: more self-aware, yes. you know, you could control, control the, your social media, your phone, your technology. Yeah. I think maybe the self-awareness is one thing. I'm sorry? Self awareness? Yeah. Being self aware is like maybe a reason that maybe people cannot control, they get controlled by technology. Yeah. I yeah. would say. Something about the Bali and Indonesia yeah. was, um, I remember everyone was talking to each other, like Indonesians. Yeah. I mean, I remember like we were in the street and then the cops were talking to us and then everybody was smiling. I remember exactly that. That was the only country I've been there that everyone in the street was smiling, talking to you. You know, everywhere, every, every shop that I go. You know, I remember that all Indonesians also were very super, like helpful, happy. You know. Yeah. And I would say, like, I maybe at that time there was no like Instagram or Facebook. I, it was new, yeah. I, it was new though. Yeah, you know, but this is again the same thing that I would say. I'm always like when I'm out with friends, I would say, do not use your phone when you are when you are.
1: So there's something just what you're you're noti- what you're you're sharing your noticings of mm-hmm. being in, in Bali. Um, there's something that we could learn in the Western world from parts of the world like that. Mm-hmm. When I was in Bali, like you experienced, um, all of the any any town or residential area that you're in is broken up into little there's there's little tribes yeah and each of those little every couple blocks or there's these little neighborhoods of two to three hundred people and Mm -hmm. they're self-governed right Mm -hmm. and that's there's something to be said for that there's tiny communities within a larger community of people that are connected that still the whole family lives together they live with their elders every night you, I would ride my scooter down the road, and they have all of the the elders, the grandparents, so to speak, mm-hmm. of those communities were in their local temple practicing, either dancing or they were playing music and singing, yeah. or practicing qigong, mm-hmm. or some people in their seventies and eighties are mm-hmm. doing physical movement still, mm-hmm. and they're being, and that's being harbored in a in a community that they're supported by they're yeah. not right and that's the complete opposite of how the western world works right we're all we all live in massive cities on top of each other and we're completely disconnected from one another yeah and there's no sense of small community there's no connection to our elders yeah um and, and even connecting with nature I mean and and that, I mean don't
0: that's all. I, I read other, that is yeah. like we are 90% <laughs> indoor yeah living in cities and yeah. like like in la but yeah. in asia i mean i would say in indonesia thailand malaysia people are more outside you know yeah. rather Absolutely. than being indoor so all those physical activities i mean like ex- exercises in the morning or maybe like on the weekends they're all out you know they're in the park you know they're in their community you know they're like doing like exercises yeah that, that would be affect again like the um the mood of the people you know even the it would change the understanding, or even the self-awareness. Maybe, maybe that yeah. would be reason.
1: Yeah. No. And it. And it, it. I mean. So they. What is it in the book *Sapiens*? Um. What's his name? The, Harari. The the author, Yuval Harari. He he talks about how, we don't. Uh, human beings only have the capacity to remember we only are able to c- connect with 150 to 200 people roughly mm-hmm. maybe 300 people right that's how the, that's how tribes used to work yeah right we used to exist in smaller groups of communities that self-governed mm-hmm. and had you know all generations in together and, and they were they were communities that supported one another mm-hmm in nature with less technology, this is forever ago. I understand that, but that's that there's a part of that, that human beings still we need and we crave Mm -hmm. and we don't, we don't have that in today's world and living in a part of going and living in a part of that world for someone who's grown up in California or any major city Mm -hmm. was very beneficial to be able to br- at least be aware of that and bring that back right yeah because it, all it showed me at the very base is that we crave connection mm-hmm. and not through technology that's one way of doing it yeah but nothing replaces like you're talking about everyone's touching each other everyone's connecting in those parts of like everyone hugs each other yeah that that's like i i hug as many people as i can mm-hmm. when i like it, Aside from you know business settings where I, yeah. you, more formal, but it, it hugging, hugging, touching someone, looking someone in the eye, asking them how they, how they are, and yeah. and, and caring, which is very simple, it fills a huge hole.
0: Yeah, I think that yeah. a lot of people are yeah, agree, are, yeah.
1: are lacking today.
0: Yeah again like there are a lot of like factors I mean like the good thing is every time in the podcast that we talk about like the main factors for related to the mindset of the people you know even though in entrepreneurs so I I already wanted to always want to pass this new like leading mindset factors to the the audience yeah so now this is the first time that we talk about the opportunities the self-awareness and then like being like connected with others but I, I would say I would see it less in even in los angeles when i have like meeting or visiting the san francisco it's way more when i'm i remember when i'm in the like restaurant or outside you know all people are talking to each other you know they talk about like tech investment you know it was like really different uh than the los angeles yeah in la i would say maybe the entertainment industry is like affecting people mm. to follow because when you go to again like Earth Cafe and you see people like from 15 years old they're just all on Instagram and they don't maybe they even they don't know how to talk to others. Yeah. You know we, we would say uh, yeah when you go to the coffee shop or anywhere in the restaurant not, do not use your phone and get try to connect with people you know I would say maybe when I see some of the people or lo- really young generations is maybe they don't know even to how to get connected to someone hmm. you know how to open the conversation yeah you know how to start a conversation with someone new yeah I would say maybe I, I see it I mean the, the way that they look at someone is like okay I don't know how to start a conversation Let's back
1: so I a couple month maybe a month or two ago hmm. I was in uh, Santa Cruz visiting some family and I after dinner I was having a conversation a number of us having a conversation a bunch of adults and my 16 year old cousin was there and these are cousins of mine who are from Germany so mm-hmm. they they're raised in Germany but their mother's American so yeah. they've, they've experienced and they've lived in America back and forth so they've experienced both cultures mm-hmm. and now they live here and I was asking her I was asking her what, what's it like to be 16 what's it like to be a junior in high school mm-hmm. these days and, and I, I wanted to understand, like down to like, what are people, how are kids communicating on social media? What music are you listening to? All these things. Cause mm-hmm. these are things I remember when I was a teenager, but, and it, it, it came to dating. And I was like, what's, what, what's dating like for a 16 year old? Mm-hmm. And she says that kids, and this is at a, like a college prep school in San, Santa mm-hmm. Cruz. So this is like a prolific, you know, a well to do environment she says that uh, kids are, and this isn't all of them, but it's, it seems like it's you know, a, something that could be correlated to a lot of different schools or settings of that age. That kids uh, date digitally. So they'll text each other. Mm. Everyone's texting. Uh, if two people have a crush on each other, they, they have a relationship, a digital relationship, but they'll never hang out at school they don't talk no. they might go to a movie together one time she said and, and it's it, they have such an awkward time hmm. that they never <laughs> go out again <laughs> but they'll they'll have like a relationship over text messages or snapchat yeah. and everyone's like talking and it it's an interesting trend obviously I don't think this is going to be everyone across the board but the fact that technology to a certain degree is creating trends like this mm-hmm. social trends it's something to be aware of yeah right because what this is like the next generation this isn't us where i i remember a time when where there wasn't internet there wasn't computers right the next generation they're yeah. going to grow up with only knowing and this connect these connections are only gonna become more integrated as we move, yeah right? when i was
0: 16 there was no iphone
1: yeah yeah same. <laughs> there was no smartphone yeah right and it's so it's, it's just an interesting thing to like once again if we're growing up in a, in a, if that's where society is going a portion of society is going to move, mm-hmm. it would benefit us or the individual to step out of that, yeah. to work on their, their interpersonal skills to work on, like what we've been discussing this whole yeah. time. Right. But that was just another interesting thing of, of the next generation of seeing how, how the direction yeah. of these things are moving.
0: One thing that I would say I want to change in the future, or I would like plan to do something about it is like the same thing, social media for like undergrads or like uh, new generations, you know, yeah. tomorrow, like educate them. I think that because the technology is really improving every day that we, uh, we couldn't like uh, keep up with it yeah. in terms of like educating people how to use these technologies. Yeah. And then when, when the people came to me and says like, yeah, do you have Facebook? and say, no, I don't have Facebook. And say like, oh, you're CEO of a tech company, a marketing company, how yeah. <laughs> you know? They're like, yeah, I'm not even, um, I rarely shop online even though. Hmm. Like Amazon, I think I shop twice, or maybe three, four times. Wow. No, Amazon. Good for you. Yeah. I, I really I like to so go, to say, uh, I want to go to the shopping mall, you know, to meet people yeah. and say like, see the thing that I wanted to buy. Hmm so this same thing i mean, i'm not even so when i'm even out the only reason that maybe i go to my phone is the email working email hmm. or someone like texting me something important happened. so that's that's it i i have no app or anything to check you yeah. know i have like instagram for my like company and then like uh, like working kind of instagram yeah. so yeah. maybe like a week or like any every two three days i post something and I have a very few friends on in Instagram, so every time, even though I wanted to, like, check something, there's nothing to check. Right. There's no stories. There's nobody, like, doing anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, that, that helped me a lot, though. Because I'd be focused on my work, on what I'm thinking, you know, and then what I'm planning. The same thing when I meet someone, like Sam, that we met on, at Melrose. Mm. So if I was on the phone, maybe he wouldn't, like, talk to me. But now it turns out that we became a very good friend. Now we are in contact, and now I could help him with. He was traveling to Dubai, so I was like giving him some references because he wanted to expand his network yeah. in Middle East. And then the same thing, he helped me a lot with like connect me to the new people that could help me with my company. So that that's the thing. I mean, that I would say like everyone to like uh, about the phone, you know, because I'm really against this, against like using the phones in the public or. Being addicted to the social media, I don't, I don't really understand it. Hmm. So I always, like, encourage everyone that maybe think about it for an hour. About yourself. Yeah. For the self-awareness. Yeah. And if you get there, then you can change it. But if you want to say, like, yeah, I'm not going to use... Because I read that out of three mobile addicts, two of them ignore that they're addict. Yeah. So they don't know what they would know. Yeah. You know, when you tell them, like, yeah, hey, you're addicted to the phone, it was saying, like, no, we're not. But they are. Well,
1: telling, yeah, I mean, I don't think telling someone has to come, that's something that the person has to come to the realization on their own of. And I think to that point, mm. as this tendency, as we move into the age of, of even more complex technology. Yeah. I think that there will o- there will always be people that are, uh, so to speak, addicted to social media or technology or whatever. But I think that there's going to be a balance. I think that people are going to begin. People are beginning to recognize that yeah. they're not fulfilled by whatever their current thing yeah, is, right? Yeah. And the the hardest part of that is stepping out. Of that comfort zone. Mm-hmm. It is more comfortable to lay in bed and stare at Facebook until you fall asleep mm-hmm. than it is to go meditate. Yeah. I'm biased to this because I, I meditate and, and I talk to a lot of people who I, pra- I have a yoga practice, I meditate, mm-hmm. I do these things, and, and I talk to people who that part of me resonates with.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I will say to them, it's, it's not about like, don't use your phone, but do you see that there's a value, you're talking to me about this because you see a value in meditating or doing yoga or having a mindfulness practice. And it is, that is the hardest part. That is the hardest thing for someone to do is change that habit and do something that's confronting. Yeah. Like it could be going to the gym and working out, right? Yeah. Like it, it's, it's easier for you to sit on the couch and continue to eat potato yeah. chips than it is to get up and go to the gym. Yeah. It's easier for you to stare at Facebook even though you could be laying there and knowing, I know this isn't making me happy. Right. I feel so empty. It's still easier to do that than to get up and, and go meditate for 10 minutes. Yeah. Right. So as, as these, these social trends, as these issues continue to, to progress and move the direction they are, the people, the individuals who are able to step out, who are able to have the self-awareness, like you said, to step out of their comfort zones, and do the thing that scares them the most are the ones that are going to be able to, to move past those, mm-hmm. those hurdles, right? And it's the same thing as what you were talking about, me moving to Arizona or me moving to Bali, which are at the point when I did them were the two scariest things I did. Mm-hmm. I'd grown up in California my entire life. I'd, I'd, been, I'd traveled, I'd been to other places, but I'd never, I'd gone. I'd never moved somewhere else. And it took me two years between having the idea to move to Arizona and actually moving to Arizona to do it because it was scary to me. And same with picking up and moving to a part of the world I'd never been to. I'd never been to Asia in my life. Yeah. And but because of that, because I recognized that I was uncomfortable in that setting and decided to do it anyway, mm-hmm. I greatly benefited. And i was given that's i was true. afforded opportunities that i never would have i never would have seen mm-hmm. right if i hadn't taken that pl- that taken that leap yeah. and that's the same as it's more comfortable to sit on your phone in the coffee shop than it is to look a stranger in the eye and connect yeah. with them but you don't know what that stranger has to offer you mm-hmm. if you don't connect with yeah. them right um and same with fitness same whatever the thing people everyone know people who are We all, all human beings have something we can improve on. No one's perfect. Right. There's people who talk about improving or wanting to be better. And there's ones who do it. And the only difference is the person who makes, you either make that decision or you don't. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, everyone knows what they need to be eating yeah. what they need to be doing what would make them happy right but the, but many of us will Who is choose actually do it right many of us will choose the the easier path yeah the the path of of less resistance mm-hmm. and I, I I think the point that I'm trying to get across here like I said is is the the individual which I hope is all of us because we're at a point right now where the human race needs this yeah so I'm not saying this to be the the only person I want everyone to. Yeah. To seek that adversity, seek that uncomfortable space, and continue and work towards moving into it, mm-hmm. right? Moving away from technology, working towards connecting with people, working on bettering yourself, yeah, whatever that is.
0: Whenever I have the same conversation with people, I encourage them with again ten minutes of meditation every day. Mm. I've been became familiar with meditations since like I was eleven. Oh wow! Yeah, and then I just continued doing it. Yeah. Still, you yeah. know, every day, yeah. and um, s- sometimes when I pe- talk to people about it, I don't really want it to explain that what would be happening if you do meditate. I want them to experience it yeah. because it's again hard to explain the feeling that you get after every meditation. And uh, but I would say, like, the first thing that may- they might be starting with is to change their life or even like the self awareness. I would, s- I think, 10 minutes of meditation for one month only, yeah. or even. To twenty days, yeah. Just see the results. Yeah. You're like wasting a lot of time. You know, you have time ten minutes just to do meditate every day. Well, You're not gonna lose. People
1: spend anything. like two to four hours a day staring at their phone. Yeah. And, and people can't meditate. So for me, when I suggest it to people, I say whatever. Like people are like, well, is it better to meditate in the morning or at night? Is it better to meditate? Should I do ten minutes or? 30 minutes or and i say whatever in in any in any area of Mm self-improvement i would say do whatever you're able to do so if you're if it's easier for you to meditate for one minute in the morning then do it uh, and meditate for one minute in the morning three times a week until you've you can do it without thinking about it and then you can move to five minutes yeah and then you move to 10 right and that's the thing is finding those baby steps mm-hmm.
0: towards yeah. growth and improvement again yeah. another reason is because when you do meditate after like a month after usually we can say like 20 days to a month again the structure of your brain is start changing yeah so the people would say like yeah I want to like um, I'm not gonna use my phone from Saturday you know this week this weekend So it's not going to work because you have to change your brain, the structure of your brain, and then to change it, you need meditation is one way to go. And then uh, I don't remember this study about it, but then again, we have. I remember I watched a TED talk about like reprogram your brain, and again, meditation is one of the really great kind of tools or ways to do it. Yeah. So I would say if anyone started doing meditation for like just a month five minutes yeah know? like or as you said like one minute but however I mean you're comfortable with yeah you know morning noon I mean like laying in bed or sitting whatever just one minute just to start doing it yeah that I would say like change a lot of things yeah. because your the brain again start like changing the structures the way they see the way they think you know they're more gonna be more calm not anxious but everyone now is like more anxious you know it's stress so even for entrepreneurs, I mean, yeah, meditation is like, the, the very, very important. So
1: I'm in conjunction with the uh, venture capital fund mm-hmm. that I'm I'm working with. I am I'm moving towards building out my offering as a coach mm-hmm. to work with entrepreneurs and founders in the tech space, mm-hmm. because as I and you know getting into this world more and more and meeting meeting people like mm-hmm. yourself, um, who are very good at sitting in front of computers and programming mm-hmm. things and do you know doing doing that? Um, I there's there's a fair amount of value in my experience to bring to this world mm-hmm. in terms of you know whether it's lifestyle habits, nutrition, yeah, fitness, training, fitness, mindfulness, whatever you have, um. And this correlates to what you're saying, whether it's with entrepreneurs or not, but the focus of it is a lot of the time with very type A personalities, people who are, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, I just need to do more to get my, to accomplish it. Yeah. The most beneficial thing that that person can do is to take a step back, mm-hmm. right? Rather mm-hmm. than, well, I'm, I'm here, I need to take two steps forward to be better. It would, it would benefit that person more to take that step back and slow down yeah whether that's controlling what you're eating mm-hmm. taking three minutes to yeah. meditate this or that right um, does that does that yeah. connect and and the other thought was when you were you were speaking to specifically to, to meditation mm-hmm. rather than it is easier to add things than it is to take them away so we have an emotional re- we have an emotional connection to whatever the thing is that's not serving us right mm-hmm. so like it's like someone who says like okay i'm not going to use my phone i'm not going to use instagram for a week mm-hmm. but they've been using instagram addictively before that that entire week they're not. They might not be on Instagram. They're going to be thinking about Instagram, right? So that and that's like it's hard. And so then they're going to get on it and binge on it. It's the yeah. same as when you you do a diet and you say I'm never going to eat yeah. bad food ever again, and you just you spend a month like I've done this. I spend a month eating all healthy food, like completely limiting everything, mm-hmm. and then at the end of that month I go binge and revert all the work that mm-hmm. I've done. As opposed to okay, I'm not. I don't need to take anything away. But I'm going to add things. Mm-hmm. I'm going to add. I'm going to prioritize meditating one mm-hmm. minute a day and let it
0: slowly offense and, and eliminate. And as uh, those
1: things come into your life, you have less and less space for the things that aren't serving you. Yeah. Right. At yeah. a certain point, um, when I when I got into my fitness journey, I was part of it. Was I was in a not terribly, but I, I was in a relatively unhealthy. Mm-hmm mental or life cycle Mm -hmm. of going out and drinking and not eating not eating super well and you know states of depression and and mental things going on and it it was very hard like you're saying with someone who's i wasn't addicted to anything but it's it's very hard to say like i'm not going to drink anymore Mm -hmm. but i want to drink like I mm-hmm. want to go out on a Friday night and drink. So yeah. if I say I'm not going to drink, I'm going to sit at home shaking, thinking yeah. about how I want But I got in, I found something that mattered to me more than that. I got into fitness. I got into training where suddenly I mm-hmm. cared more about going to the gym, being able to go to the gym on Saturday morning mm-hmm. and lift weight. And I did that enough times hungover mm-hmm. that I went, oh, well, I I don't have room to go out and drink on a friday night anymore because i i want to feel good doing this thing that i care more Mm -hmm. about now so my suggestion with that is any change that you're trying that we're trying to elicit start with adding positive things rather than trying to take the the negative things away
0: yeah it's true right yeah because i mean like slowly you get realized that oh this is truly gonna help me you Mm. know now i'm more happy really with going to the gym than what I had thought that by drinking I would be happy. Yeah. You know, and then, like, you're going to, like, eliminate the any other. And not going to come back. Easily. Yeah. Great. Let's go back to the um, being an angel investor and uh, venture capital. What is your goal in the future? What is your planning to do? I mean, do you have any, like, specific, like, in terms of, like, the investment or...
1: Yeah, So, the um, so the VC fund mm-hmm. that I... I'm so i'm I was the first uh, limited partner in, and mm-hmm. now I'm working with my with David, who's founding it to uh, to fundraise. Um, our our thesis, our mm-hmm. investment thesis is that we're investing in companies that are working to solve the existential risks mm-hmm. that we're facing as a planet. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of industries with climate change and AI, and there's a number of of different. Sort of big name topics that fall under that yeah. thesis, um, and then as a result of that, we are working with um, providing coaching for our mm-hmm. for our founders that yeah. we work with, and that was that's sort of where that conversation of me going mm-hmm. from coaching and getting into investing kind of came to with, mm-hmm. with working with this fund. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as a result, me also wanting to coach entrepreneurs on mm-hmm. my own. And that's kind of been where that, that has all come from.
0: Mm. Um, we do the same thing at Look in LA for marketing. Okay. Because it was a year ago that I found out that the companies that came to us they not only need the great like marketing plan and strategy, you know, like executions, but would rather also need kind of coaching consultation. Yeah. So we added the service, kind mm-hmm. of like the business and marketing consultation, because they might have a great products, even like the mindset. I mean, they're hard workers, you know, and then uh, they they can get really um, successful in, in terms of marketing. But again, in terms of the business strategy or the way that the founder or founders are thinking, there's each some problems that they're gonna face later. So we added kind of like a consultation program that we have now for some of our clients. That while we are doing is developing the marketing strategy for their company, you know, for a year, for three years, we also work on the business strategy. Also to like talk to them in terms of the way that they think. You know, one of the reasons even that I have the, the podcast for like the mindset is like for entrepreneurs yeah that it's not only your marketing or your price point or what you're developing but your mindset is way more important because you are making those decisions for your business yeah whether it's the business strategy for future or marketing or whatever but this is something that i found out it's gonna be it's really really helpful to my clients who are like doing this Mm. and even though when they come to the for like to have like a Free consultations, you know, in terms of the marketing, I try to find the flaws or the problems that they really have in terms of like business, Hmm. rather than tell them like, yeah, you have to do like uh, email marketing and pay per click. Let's do it. So I I, I always like avoid this, and all my team also like in company doing the same thing. We try to find out. Okay, no, you have a really problem even with this product maybe you, are not, you should not even continue with promoting this. Hmm. And there are, sometimes they get like, oh, wow. Hmm. This is like the first company that telling them, kind of, not, I don't know if the first, but they get shot. Yeah. They say like, oh, this guy doesn't want my money. It's like my success in the business. And uh, we, we could get a lot, of, a lot more like clients if we wanted to just charge them. We start like ignoring many of prospects and say like, hey, you are not ready because of these changes. Hmm. You know, you have to make these changes in your company, and then when you be ready, we'll be happy to have you. I mean, like mm. I Look in LA, you know. So it's the same thing that we do always, and I believe, and it always like was better for us. You know, we see the we see the like the results. Yeah. we get it. They change their company or they change their pro products or their strategy and then they come back and then they're more like motivated you know because they saw the results or they signed up for the consultations and then they get like really motivated because we talked to them about like how to do like the financials you know how to do like the roadmap for their company you know, in terms of the services in terms of the future their vision or their missions you know so this is also going to be i'm really really interested to have like a services like you as you said like you have the venture capital to help startups with funding meanwhile you're helping them with coaching yeah I, I would say like the combination of education and the services is, is the best like kind of business model maybe
1: and it's it's interesting that you're saying that you don't just take everyone's money mm-hmm. you want to there's a, it sounds like there's a degree like you there's a degree of your what you're looking for is is the individual you're potentially going to work with, are they growth minded? Are they open to like, Hey, here's some obstacles that you're facing. Mm -hmm. Are you willing, like as someone that you're going to take them on as a marketing client, Mm -hmm. correct? Yeah. Are you like, are you fixed about this issue? Like, here's a problem. Is this going to upset you? And you're going to stick your feet in the mud and say, no, there's nothing wrong and not change anything. Or are you going to, see this as an opportunity for growth mm-hmm. step in step out of that comfort zone and step into something that yeah is uncomfortable mm-hmm. and grow as a result of it mm-hmm. and that speaks a lot of not just the people you're working with but also you mm-hmm. right and yeah. the quality the standard that you want to hold yourself to and the people True. that you work with yeah um and that's something that that we at our at the fund we believe in as well is that we want to work with founders who want to work on themselves Mm -hmm. like David and I met in Bali both doing self-work working you know taking time off to develop ourselves and saw the value in that Mm -hmm. right um and that's that's something that we want to see in the the founders the people that we're working with yeah, as well. Yeah. And that that's that's commendable that, that you know mm-hmm. you, you take that stance on it rather than just taking money from everybody because yeah, yeah. it's it's valid.
0: Yeah. There were like uh, there was a time that um, I remember it was a really young guy like 22 years old maybe and he was a designer, fashion designer, mm. and he didn't have money, you know, he was just have a Shopify website and like six t-shirts i remember and he came to a meeting and said like yeah i have like $1000 or 1500 to do for marketing per month so typically the other companies are like yeah we can do like 300 seo we can do 400 like facebook marketing i mean and they're like charging those people yeah. yeah so he came to a meeting and i opened up some other like our clients in fashion or even the competitors so like you see these people this is the way that they it took them to now be successful mm. you have a really simple website nothing on it just six t-shirts and you want to spend like 1500 or a thousand dollars i don't remember the month but it was something uh, around that you're going to waste your money for like two three months then you're going to be out of money because these companies are spending like twenty thousand dollars fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars on influencer marketing alone maybe it's like fifty thousand dollars per month or $50,000 on the social media marketing. Hmm. So this is not the way that you want to compete with them in terms of the online marketing. You know, maybe you can grow your business and I was like giving them some recommendation how to get connected to a bit more companies organically, start increasing your network, know more people, maybe raise, raise funds properly and then start doing the marketing to have this marketing strategy and business strategy. Hmm. Say, so give. I was like telling him all this stuff and he was like, and I told him like, do not give your money to anyone, even like for hundred bucks or for 800 bucks, you know, say like, yeah, we can bring you clients. There's no way you can build your brand by spending a thousand dollars per month. So you have to do it organically, go out, talk to people, talk to the people in fashion, you know, increase your network. Hmm. And he was like, yeah, he he got really motivated and said like, yeah, yeah, I can do this. So, and I, I think it was two weeks ago, three weeks ago that he came back and he called me. Now he's getting really successful. Hmm. He met some um, manufacturer and the fashion, other fashion designers that helped him to actually started like growing his business. Hmm. Now he's getting in the position that maybe he can raise even fund, maybe like in one year or maybe six months. So this is the way that we can say, okay, now we help someone. Hmm. And always I believe that you get the same thing back. Mm -hmm. You know, when you help people like that, there's no harm to it because you don't need to rush it. You don't need to to have like an ego to get money out of everyone, everything. But would rather like be calm, help them, and then for sure you get more help. This is something that I try to always like tell to people. Even we, we do a lot of like seminars or conferences for, like, in business owners. We did an uh, LA Chamber of Commerce. More than like talking about the technical stuff, you know, we say like, okay, now how you can grow. You know, this is something that I really interested. In. Mm. And. Um, so we're close to the end of the program. What would you say for how how people can help, uh, find you? Because we're going to add the link or yeah, um, well, the website. The, so or... after
1: after that whole conversation about social media, um, my Instagram mm-hmm. is at Julian GB J U L I A N G B. Mm-hmm. Um, at, as far as any yeah, my Twitter is the same. I, mm-hmm. I don't use that a whole lot, but those would be the two. Mm-hmm. If someone wanted to get in contact with me that'd be a Instagram would be a, a direct Instagram or
0: LinkedIn? That.
1: Yeah, LinkedIn. Um I don't remember what my I do have. you have it there? <laughs> I yeah. Don't, I, have. <laughs> I don't remember what my, my uh my It's the same my. thing. Yeah, Julian GB. Yeah. 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 So yeah, the same yeah, yeah LinkedIn. We we're, we're
0: going to have the um links okay. in the description so people can click or if you wanted to have um Maybe present their company to you if they're looking for angel investors or business coach. Yeah, they can try to contact you. Yeah, and uh, for the last, what would be your let's say uh, advice to the people, both in terms of let's say in terms of investment or even the entrepreneurship, you know, in opportunities.
1: Yeah, so I, I think the the majority of this conversation, doing with, you know, the the larger container mm. that has had the mindset and the investing in it, I mm. think, um, I think the message that I would I want to communicate is to stay uncomfortable. Mm. Um, all of everything we've talked about comes back to being taking responsibility for everything for your life yeah for everything for for everything that happens everything that you do and everything that happens to you is your responsibility Mm -hmm. is our responsibility and the faster that you're able to and I say you speaking to myself the faster that you're able to recognize that and step out of your comfort zone yeah. continually, which is the hardest thing because you step out of your comfort zone and become comfortable and then mm-hmm. you think you're good. But it, to continually seek adversity and step out of your comfort zone, um, you—that that is where opportunity lies. Right. And to not be afraid to... like. This sounds cliche, but not, be, not being afraid to fail as a mm-hmm. result of that. That's been a big lesson I've had to learn. Mm-hmm. That I've, I've, yeah, I've, I've spent so much time keeping myself in a safe place because I was afraid of what people were going to think of me mm-hmm. or because I was going to fail and people were, I was going to get laughed at or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the more that I've been able to let go of those beliefs and commit to failing mm-hmm. and learning from it, Um, and staying uncomfortable, the more that I've been able to bring into my, my life. Mm -hmm. That's true. And I, I think that in with investing, obviously there's, there's more, uh, you know, there's more that goes into it than just that, Mm -hmm. but being okay, taking risks Mm -hmm. and learning from learning from those experiences, Mm -hmm. um, and continuing to seek, Seek out the parts of yourself that make you uncomfortable. Yeah, I think I that's uh, that's uh, that's the message that I try to communicate to people around me, mm-hmm. and I I think that there's a lot of value mm-hmm. to be had for for our society as a whole from that message today.
0: So. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Okay, it was really great having you here. I hope we can have, like, another podcast maybe in the future. There's a lot more to talk. Yeah. And uh, so thank you for coming. See you again.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been awesome.